0: This is episode number 68 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast.
1: So this episode is brought to you by Earth Mama Organics, a company making effective and safe herbal care for the whole journey of motherhood, pregnancy, postpartum, breastfeeding, baby care, or even the loss of a baby. Because motherhood is a wild ride and we're all in this together. Personally, I used Earth Mama Organic products with both babies um, during my pregnancy, but also postpartum. Probably my favorite is the, their perineal spray, so I would highly recommend checking them out either online or at a
0: local store in your community. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms.
1: And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health.
0: While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare.
1: We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jessie Mundell. And Anita Lambert. And today
1: we wanted to uh, share another postpartum episode. And this actually was from a listener question. Um, And this is from Lisa. And she was wondering, what are tips and advice for those of us planning a second baby when the first is still a baby or a toddler? And I know Lisa was asking this because Jess and I both have experienced this now. So we thought we would share... um, some, some advice, some things that we learned about or wish we had known about before or maybe advice we had received ourselves um, and we're happy to share it with you. So we thought kind of a good way to uh, kind of divide up this episode is kind of tips for you as the expecting person, but then also ways to help your toddler or baby um, and then also if you have a partner. Um, tips and suggestions on how to prepare them um, for perhaps what you may need postpartum um, juggling the two little ones so why don't we start with tips for you now I know uh, something I felt was um, you know feelings especially I would say like earlier on in the pregnancy of like you know we were in such a great place with Pippa she was what about two and a half approaching that age and um I was thinking like how am I going to like love another baby as much as I love her and just those feelings around it and they would kind of come and go um and it was something it was great to hear other moms talk about this who had multiple children saying like totally normal to feel that way um and you know people had just different ways of uh of talking about it, saying, you know, spend extra time with your toddler now, um, that kind of thing. So I'm curious just if you felt that way at times. I wouldn't say it was something that I thought about every single day of my pregnancy, but it it did pop up here and there. Mm
0: -hmm, For sure. Yeah. Gosh, (laughs) it's such a difficult (laughs) pregnancy this last time. And I felt those same things too. I was so nervous. Uh, about having a second baby when it has been you and that one child for whatever the period of time is, and for both of us it was like that two plus year mark, and that's a long period of time with just that one baby, and they are your baby. And to imagine having another one, it was just very strange. I was pretty certain that it was not going to be an immediate bonding experience between me and the next baby that I was so sad for how that relationship between myself and my toddler was going to shift because obviously it's going to. And I was just really sad that it wasn't going to be how it was. And I think that's just so normal. This is a huge shift and a huge change and change is scary and unknown and those discomforts are yeah, just a really fine and okay thing to feel. Um, But yeah, I was definitely scared about it. Um, What was so interesting is that it was not at all was I, what I was expecting postpartum. Um, things like that bond was immediate and I became obsessed with this new baby so fast and still am. It just really was so different than I was expecting because I did have such big fears about that relationship. And I'll also mention that relationship with my toddler. Once, we, once second baby was brought into the world and that relationship of course did shift but the cool thing was that her relationship grew with dad to a much more uh, deep level so that was so cool for me to watch and to just be on that end of being able to witness and view that relationship flourish was very cool postpartum but 100% had a very tough time with that during pregnancy number two um And just really had to sit with those feelings a lot of times. And like you said, Anita, talking to other people about experiencing those same things and what they felt postpartum was definitely helpful.
1: And something else to uh, keep in mind, and I think after going through postpartum the first time, this will be something that you may find um, or you see the importance of more. And that, would I would say, would be setting up supports ahead of time whatever that may be, um, that maybe first time around, you didn't think about, or maybe other people did tell you to set these up. And you're like, I think we're going to be fine. And then you have the baby and you're like, oh, that would have been really helpful. Um, So whether it's, you know, family, friends, um, or other resources, like a postpartum doula or, you know, professionals um, in your community. So looking into those, um, I know I found really helpful this time. And I didn't really ask. I had um, a number of friends here. Like we had made the move and I was on mat leave with Pippa. So we were in a new community. Um, but a num- number of my friends also had toddlers. And I didn't even ask, but they were already saying like, you know, make sure, you know, ask me to come. I will take Pippa for you. Like we can take her for a walk to the park. Like even um, for Jack's birth, I had like friends offer to take Pippa during the birth like didn't matter what time of day it was so I think that is super helpful is you know other people and and if people don't offer it to you ask them like if your toddler has friends like ask their parent like would it be okay if after the baby comes like can you you know take them for an hour or two hours or something like set up play dates I know that was really helpful with um for us for so many reasons like it gave Andy and I time to bond with Jack, just the three of us. But it also gave some, not routine, but some familiarity to Pippa because these are all people she already knew, even though there's this new family member. Um, So I just thought that was really, really helpful. Um, And this time around, we did have my parents, they did move closer to us. So with Pippa, we didn't have family within two and a half hours from us, either either side Um, whereas this time we were closer to Andy's family and my parents are now closer too so that was definitely helpful Um, and uh, and yeah I would say mostly helpful with the toddler so I think second time around I'm curious to hear what you what you um, experienced Jess with it's not not so much I was needing as much help with the baby it was really the older one I wanted to make sure that you know, she wasn't way thrown off with this new change in her family, and that afterwards was actually the most help.
0: Yeah, totally agree, and that was the advice that everyone told me as well, that the toddler is going to be the more difficult part of having a baby and a toddler, and it totally is. The baby seemed quite simple, really, the second time around, even though this baby for us was a bit trickier in the beginning. Just... The toddler going through such a huge life event like that, like you think about it for you, it's massive for you as the parent to go through this. And it's so huge for that toddler as well. That's a lot on their life. So, definitely agree with you. Keeping their routine as normal as possible, I think, was really helpful my family came out uh, and helped us stayed in our area for the first week postpartum. We're not close to family as well, opposite side of the country. So that was amazing because they were able to take our oldest steel and um, do lots of different events and things uh, with her. So that was really, really helpful. And they were able to allow us have that time as a, th- three of us my husband myself and the baby which it's so interesting the first time around if you're in a marriage or a partnership like Anita and I are with our husbands you're you spend so much time as the three of you and you get so much time with the baby and then the second time around if there's a toddler it's like you're you're each handling one dad in our situation is handling toddler Mom in our situation is handling, baby. And it just, when you get that time for just the three of you after that second one's born, it's so special because those moments are really fleeting. Um, So yeah, lots of that life stuff with family and friend help. And I love what you said about the asking. And especially because people will tell you, let me know if you need anything. Just let me know. What you want. And often we sit back on that for lots of different reasons that totally make sense, but really ask them specifically what you need from them and want them to do. People want to help support you. They truly do. They want to help support you. It feels good for them. (laughs) So allow them to do that. One thing I'll mention tips for helping me prepare. This time I knew I was going to have a scheduled cesarean section. The first birth I had an unplanned c-section and my recovery was very uncomfortable physically I felt like I could never get comfortable sleeping and resting was a nightmare so this time I rented a hospital bed and it was the best thing I could have done for myself to also support me on a mental and emotional level as well Because I simply just felt so much more comfortable. I could rest more easily. It was less stressful on my body trying to lie down and roll over and sit up. Um, So the hospital bed rental was amazing. We used a local company. um, And they came to the house, set the bed up. I rented it for a month. I didn't actually need it for that amount of time. Probably the first two weeks were really key. I used it for three weeks. And then they came, took it down, packed it up and left and it was so so helpful and our insurance actually covered the cost of that rental so that was hands down the best thing i did to prepare like solely for myself
1: so next we want to go over i definitely have a lot of tips for this um for helping your toddler and again it's going to depend on the age of your um older child obviously if uh they're still considered a baby, then some of these things uh, won't be as applicable. But if they're toddler age and able to comprehend this, I found all these tips were very helpful. Um, so this is very interesting. This is actually from my doula. She was saying that she did this with her two children was working on patients before the baby comes. So If there was something, if Pippa, for example, was asking for something and technically, yes, I could do it right away. She had recommended, you know, having them wait regardless, just saying like, I need to do this first or this needs to be done first so that they work on knowing things are not going to happen right away, which as an only child, um, it, it was easier to do that. You could often do things right away. Um, so we were trying to work on that ahead of time, which was interesting. Um, and that also came into play, um, after baby came as well. So, um, patience with her was good, but then also going the other way, even though Jack had no idea what we were talking about, but sometimes I'll tell Jack, like, Jack, no, you need to wait a minute. I need to do this with Pippa first. And again, he has no idea what's going on. But she is listening. So she is understanding that it's not always waiting because of the baby. Like the baby is going to have to wait at times for her, um, which I didn't think of that either. And I think that was from one of my clients who actually recommended that. Jess, did you use either of those kind of ideas? The patience is big.
0: That's genius. <laughs> I love that. It's so similar to what some of my clients told me as well, too. Same vein allow the baby to wait at times and help the toddler first because as you said the toddler understands uh, what's going on and if the baby's crying and fussing for a little while they're going to be okay you're talking to them you're telling them what's going on but that's so nice for the toddler to be helped first at times because once baby comes around that just becomes more few and far between when their whole life was used to (laughs) you doing all the stuff for them right away Yeah, I love that. One thing that I started practicing in pregnancy a lot was telling Steele, Daddy will help you. Go ask Daddy. Daddy will do it for you. I don't know what it's like in your family, but the toddler will always come to me first. She will always ask me the questions first if I can go get something for her or do something for her or get her a snack. And I'm like, yeah, dad's right there. He can do it too. Ask your dad. So this was something that we really shifted towards during pregnancy. And I would simply say, I'm resting right now. Can you ask daddy to do that? Or daddy will help you. All these different things to really just direct that attention towards him. Because I knew that they would be doing all the stuff together postpartum. And I physically would not be able to help her for a good chunk of time. So I think that that has been one of the most helpful things and has really persisted throughout this now almost 10 months is that she relies more on dad to do stuff, which is absolutely necessary in our family.
1: Yeah, that was definitely something we uh, we did as well in pregnancy. And I think it was actually, it was less a conscious effort versus I just found this pregnancy by end of day, I had less energy, I was more tired. Um so she noticed at the end of the day, like, I I wanted to rest, like, which wasn't necessarily typical for me before that pregnancy, and she could see that. So I think it just kind of evolved that way that um, Andy would do would do more with her, or take her to the park, and I would be resting or um, things like that during pregnancy, which I think in the end was actually really helpful. Because then again, once baby came, like, we kind of divided and conquered, as we were talking before. Um, where Andy's bigger role was with her and mine was with Jack just because that's the way things played out. Uh So totally agree. A couple other things I found helpful in pregnancy was actually we got um, like a lot of the baby stuff out sooner and we also like talked to Pip about it. So we're saying like This um, like this was your crib and she actually said like baby can borrow it because I'm not using it anymore And we got her change table out and it was interesting because with her we were in this little condo um, Like she didn't have a baby room. So having a, a, a set up nursery was not something we did I think for a lot of the reasons other people do Um, It wasn't something we needed because we knew the baby wouldn't be using it for a while. It was actually helpful this time because it more prepared her. So these things were out months ahead of Jack arriving. So once he arrived, it wasn't all of a sudden all these new baby things were taking over the space. Um, And I thought it was great that she kind of took the liberty to say baby can borrow these. And I reminded her, I will remind you of that after if you decide to take some of this stuff back. But I think it was helpful because then it just was one less new element once Jack arrived.
0: I love that. That's so sweet. We talked a ton with Steele about baby arriving too. And honestly, I don't know. I think that it's so helpful to just keep mentioning it and talking about it and um, preparing them mentally for what things will look like and could look like. And for me, a lot of the time, I was like, is this useful at all? Does she understand? I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. But I think absolutely it does. Just the talking about it, imagining it, talking about the baby, even if it feels kind of silly or they won't understand, even if your child is younger than what ours were when baby arrived, which was almost three, so that's a very different stage than, say, a year and a half or two years old. I think really, yeah, just keep talking about it, even if it feels kind of pointless at times.
1: And yeah, I definitely would say, you know, having uh, your toddler get as involved as they want to be. And I've heard differences from different parents. Um, Pippa was very into the baby, like, as soon as there was a bump. Like, she was <laughs> very into it. So she came to pretty much all my prenatal appointments. She absolutely loved coming to see our midwife. Um, it's actually really cute here. The The midwife collective is in this beautiful old century home. And uh, my main midwife was Caitlin and then also Catherine. And she actually called the place Ka- Caitlin's house. She's like, are we going to Caitlin's house? And Caitlin was like, I would love this to be my home. Um, but she just was just got very used to it and I, it was interesting because the first couple of appointments you could tell she was actually really protective of me so you know they check your blood pressure and they're checking you know they have the doppler so they're checking baby and and listening for the heartbeat and all that and initially she would she'd be looking at me and double checking I was okay with everything that Caitlin or Catherine were doing um and when she realized I was okay with it she was right into it like she has a couple of like doctor kits like she's just so into it she would bring them to appointments and I loved that I did get some pictures of her checking me and checking baby um, and even right up until the day Jack was born she would always be checking me at home to make sure me and baby were okay so I thought it was super cute but it also just was a way for her to be a part of it and I'll remind her of it now too and she remembers coming and helping when Jack we say when Jack was on the inside so um, if your toddler wants to be involved in that way, like I think that's a really positive way for them to be involved, in kind of the, the health side of pregnancy and kind of learning to to their level that they can understand, um, while you're pregnant, um, and then you can you have memories of that and they will have memories of that postpartum
0: as well. That's so cute.
1: The only other thing I would say for a toddler was again afterwards is having we call them pippa dates. So we have special, I mean, they are not as common as I would like. And I can tell that there's some times where Pippa will get, uh, when we have a few days in a row that are quite dramatic from our toddler, I, I can tell that some of that actually has to do with us not having uh, time, just the two of us. So it's something I'm aware of. And it's something I think will always be a work in progress. And then I also remind myself too, Baby two will never have had that experience of just it being the two of us and not having another sibling. So I take that into account as well. But um, yeah, we try to have some Pippa dates um, now that Jack has arrived.
0: I love that. I We definitely noticed that with Steele too. And we worked with a sleep consultant after probably, I guess, baby was six months old and we were having difficulties with Steele sleeping through the night baby was sleeping like 12 hours a night from three months on and the three-year-old was waking up in the night of course and one thing that the sleep consultant recommended was taking special time with just mom or dad and the toddler and that connection for her my gosh the behavior changes immediately you could really tell how vital that is for them even if it is just 10 or 15 minutes to read a couple books sit in your room together it just totally shifts the entire vibe and energy and then lastly we want
1: to talk about um if you do have a partner some things that maybe you already are aware of after baby one that you wanted that you realize would have been helpful to prepare ahead of time um and for us, it was like talking ahead of time. For us, a big thing was sleep um, for all of us involved, <laughs> including the baby. Um, so last time, kind of what it looks like is um, we did co-sleep with Pippa. It was basically the way she, only way she would sleep, especially those first few weeks and months. Um, and the challenge with it was... Uh, because we were all in the same bed, is, like, anytime Pippa would wake up to nurse, like, Andy would wake up as well. Um, And, you know, sometimes I feel like I felt like, okay, yeah, so then we're doing this together, and if I have to wake up, then they should have to wake up. But in the end, it really didn't... Like, I just didn't really find it helpful. And I knew this time around, especially because he would need energy to be with Pippa, what we did this time was... We, we have a guest room where we live now, so uh, Andy sleeps there, so he gets better sleep. Um, he also commutes. He commutes either here or also commuted with Pippa, so, like, I want him to be awake enough to commute safely and to also be awake for all his meetings and everything as well. And I know everyone will have a different opinion on... Um, work. And I don't think that he feels that what I'm doing is any less important than what he's doing in terms of it just looks different in terms of work. Um, But this time, we're all getting more sleep. Jack is sleeping more in general. But I think just what we have set up, uh, works better for us as a family um, and that was something we talked about before Jack arrived not knowing what sleep would be like with him anyways mm-hmm. so it was we had to have that discussion and then knowing it was going to be like an ongoing dialogue after depending how baby would sleep
0: it's very similar situation over here same with you all with the first time around we room shared with Steele and we closed off for a little bit and I uh, also needed help post-c-section to be able to get baby bring baby to me put baby back whatever the situation was in terms of where I was in that physical recovery and so Randy was up in the night um, for more weeks postpartum the first time second time around same as you really needed Randy to be able to take care of Steele, parent Steele be the primary parent for her and also do the house stuff too, so cooking and cleaning. So after I was physically able to get myself out of bed, get to the baby, bring Theo to me nurse and then get him back down I did all the night waking stuff by myself and Randy slept and we were room sharing the three of us for the first three months that Theo was a baby um, and that worked really well for us because Randy was then able to get up in the morning as soon as Steele woke up let us sleep longer if Theo was still sleeping get breakfast ready start doing all the stuff for the day um the biggest thing for us with Randy and I was Randy taking parental leave. We were not going to have another baby if Randy wasn't able to take parental leave because because I wasn't wanting to do it myself. I didn't want to be the primary parent of a newborn and a toddler. That was my personal situation, our family situation. Super lucky and grateful that he was able to take parental leave for seven months. So that was huge for us. And then just having just having conversations about what the expectations were during that time period when he was off. Because I was still working and still um, have been working, of course, after he's gone back to parental leave. And so the conversation shifts again now that we've gone into this new time period. But having the expectations of what does it look like when we're both at home, when I still need to be working and nursing the baby and you're taking care of the toddler and you want to do extracurricular things as well and move your body and see your friends. So it's just having a lot of conversations about what the expectations on each other looks like during this time period. And that was something that we did not do the first time. Our communication skills were just, we had just never gone through it before. So we didn't have to have those conversations before. And this time we knew the conversations that we needed to have. Um, so I think about it as a constant renegotiation of the terms of our relationship in our marriage and then our parenting relationship as well too.
1: Yeah, no I think that's really key is the expectations that I think that's gonna look different for every family because every family just looks different and what you need and um, yeah, I would say that's a key thing and yeah communication I find when I do talk to other, Moms as well is it's very similar to what you talked about when we experienced it too. That communication second time around was like so much easier and just so different. Like you just knew what the other person needed um, without really having to say it, and not to say to not ask for support and help because that will still happen. But it was just second time around. There's just things that you just know the other person needs. Um, and so that was smoother second time around.
0: Yeah. I was talking to a client about this recently who is first time parent and her and her partner have just been having a lot of struggles and I told everything she says. I'm like, oh yeah, Randy and I, same situation the first time. Oh yeah, totally went through that as well. It was like the first time around we had to burn it all down and rebuild it. Everything changed. Every single thing changed in ourselves and in our marriage and in our life. And so it was just so hard for so long and there was so much resentment on my part. Um, So yeah, it really just felt like we had to tear down everything we knew about our relationship and rebuild it to this point. And it just has been less so of that this time around. Thankfully, I was so terrified that it was going to be that again, and mentally, I just didn't. I just didn't want to. I was so scared that it was going to feel so hard. And it thankfully has not been like that. Yep. So we
1: hope that those tips and advice um, that we've given and that were given to us can be helpful for you um, second time around or subsequent uh, beyond that. Um, and yeah and we love hearing questions from you so we're like thank you Lisa for sending this because we know so many listeners are wondering this exact question Um, so we love hearing from you if you have any questions that you want us to address um, we'd be happy to uh, do a future episode on it as well
0: On the next episode of To Birth and Beyond, we do want to offer a content warning. We have an incredibly honest and raw conversation with my client, Dory, about her and her family's experience with stillbirth with their son, Atlas, in June of 2018. Dory talks us through that birth and all that has transpired and how they are moving forward with Atlas as they approach the one-year anniversary.